Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One of the dearest friends, man, D. Snyder, friend of the show, absolute metal icon, rock and roll icon, being inducted into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame January 26th in Los Angeles. Well overdue for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, but that's just a bunch of douchebags run by Jan Wenner, who's a who's a C of the highest regard. And I think he may be on the way out, but you know. The the great bands, they literally the fans have to get together. If Priest goes in, the it's the fans that have to do it. The people that run the Rock and Roll of Fame are a bunch of awful twats. Uh and I say that because just look at who's in. There's a lot of great bands in, but there's a million ones that should have already been in. Uh now that being said. D is unequivocally and unabashedly the most honest human I maybe have ever seen in rock and roll. Like you talk about a guy who every time I feel like I open a magazine or the internet and I'm like, Oh, he said that, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) And then I read the article. I go, ah, he's right. But man, is that going to cause a lot of trouble? The last thing, and we're going to get right to D they were discussing. And I feel the same way, by the way, front men, what makes a great performer frontman as opposed to a singer? There are many great singers out there. Sure. But then there's a certain charisma that you become. Like Ozzy's a great performer. Ozzy's a good singer, right? Mm-hmm. But he becomes something when he walks out on that stage. Uh, and, he, of course, they use Robert Plant and Dio. Dio was, I think, more of a performer than Robert Plant, but, you know, because he put on a show. But... In the 70s, you know, Robert Plant, the show was him, right? Like, he was, look at me, aren't Mm -hmm. I? I'm beautiful. And what an incredible singer. What an amazing influence on everyone. But no, he was not a spectacular frontman. He didn't get the whole arena by his words. Jim Morrison was a great performer. We said Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury is the best of all time. But only D will start that fight. (laughs) Because I was like, here we go. On March 5th in Massapequa, New York, we first met him as the front man of multi-platinum legends, Twisted Sister. But he has since gone on to become a one-man media empire. From film and reality television, to the Broadway stage, to crusading for free speech against the PMRC, hosting his own syndicated radio show and much more. He has a new graphic novel coming out this March, titled He's Not Gonna Take It, available now for pre-order. And on January 26th, Twisted Sister will perform live for the first time since 2016 as they are inducted into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. Please welcome rock legend and friend of the show, D. Snyder.
Okay, first of all, first of all, one important thing I want to say is apologies for missing yesterday's interview. I feel an, an additional pain when I, and it happens never, as a former morning radio guy right. sitting there waiting for the call to come in, and then suddenly it's not there, and then you're stalling, and then you realize they're not coming, so I'm scrambling to my bag and pulling out like an article I saw, and so I was feeling so terrible because oh, no, I was in, not only in my seat as a guy who blew the interview, but sitting in your seat as the host of the show saying, all right, uh, I got to cover, and I'm sure you did. Because yeah. you're a pro, but still, I feel terrible. Yes, I never do no, that. No, you listen. So and so I knew that. I, honestly, we were worried. Jake and I were off air. I go, hey, man, this ain't D. D's like, D doesn't oversleep. D doesn't miss stuff. D is, is and I was like, man, nothing better have happened to him. I, it's already been a tough year. I'm like, man, you know, you're, you're one of those no, no, guys. No. Like, oh, no, and I heard about your tough year. I'm so sorry, John. Oh, I, so, so, I'm so sorry about your mom. I, I lost mine a couple of years ago. And no. It's never, no matter what, it's never easy. So uh, I'm no, sorry. Sure. I, you know, it's it's so crazy. I realize I've known you half my life now. I know. <laughs> like, I know. It is a lot of, it's decades. Yeah. It's decades. And it's crazy to me because, you know, when we start talking about our moms and our families and they're like this, and I'm like, he really does know. Like, like it's just, it's, you know, you, there's, a, there's a certain closeness that comes with that that amount of time, no, you know, talking and getting to know each other over the years and, and spending time, it just, it, it's real. And, uh, and I mean, I, it's always worth saying like, man, I sure I'm glad you're around D. I, I am. I'm glad you well, didn't really retire. And I'm glad that you are still, I opened a blabbermouth the other day and I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> Look at, you know, I, you know, I was able, I, you know, I always thought any kind of statement I make on Twitter, that's like bold or, or, or just, a very strong opinion. I say it's always I M H L. I, in my humble opinion, right, right. and you know, and and but that is immediately cut off any article they write. About sure. It. He, he humbly he said, "This is my opinion on this." But you know, and it starts usually with a question. Somebody says, "Like, who do you think is better?" Like in the case of frontmen and singers, and and then I I think it started with me saying, "Well, you know, Dio was an amazing singer, but he really isn't much of a frontman." I toured with the guy. Sure. He would have said the same thing. He watched me on stage every night going, dude, what you do, I can't do. And I said, well, I can't do what you do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so we, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and it's a great show. Yeah, and, he you know, knew, so- and he knew to bring the big technological show. That's what Dio always knew. Like, to, he, he was a great designer. Like, you know, the dragons and the crystals and the fire and everything that went along with it. Like, he's, you know, that's how he did it. You know, that was his way of doing it. But then there's guys like you and Ozzy and there's just people who become well, David Lee Roth. Let's, we got to put sure. David Lee Roth Listen, in there. The greatest the of all time. Guys. Paul Stanley. You're seeing yeah. a Paul. Yeah. Great, great. You know what? And, and this, you know, first of all, you know, and I, this was a long conversation and I couldn't believe what a huge kerfuffle it, it blew up into. I'm like, <laughs> no. what the hell's going on? People are free. Who are you? I'm just, I'm just a rock fan who's offering my, and also though, I do try to differentiate what I do from what 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 Ronnie did and what Plant does. You know what I mean? And the great and Chris Cornell. Yeah. Chris Cornell was a mannequin on stage, but damn if his vocals weren't perfect. Right. And right. and quite honestly, I want to hear those perfect vocals because he's one of the greatest singers in history, and I wanted him to stand there flat-footed and just blow my doors off with your voice, man. I don't need you running around the stage. David Lee Ross, I want him to run a lot. 
Okay, so yeah, yeah. run a lot and entertain me. And be Snyder, run a lot, man. You're you're a good singer, D, in the studio, but live, you know, whatever. You get there. But the point is, we each have our own thing. And and, and people got upset. How dare you? Oh, you know, how dare it. I? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best, man. It's just, well, because the one thing I know is you don't say stuff. Uh, it's not because you're angry about something for the most part. I've, I've seen you get angry, but you, it, yeah. you're, a, you're a well thought out. Like you go, no, I can back this argument up, but you're a provocateur. I mean, you just are. You're a contrarian, dude. Deep, since the day you got on that stage, you have always brought that. I mean, that's just, that's just part of who you are. Well, you know, thank God I didn't start splitting the pie even, the slicing even finer, because I have a whole theory about about performers as opposed to frontmen. Like I've okay, you, okay, blabbermouth, get your pens ready, kids. Okay, <laughs> and 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 I believe that the difference between Alice Cooper and Dee Snyder, and the difference between uh, Michael Jackson and David Lee Roth, right, is there incredible performers but if you look at what they do it is like a, a a broadway show sure it is they are and alice has got it's it's costume change by costume change step by step he doesn't speak to the audience until the introduction of the band at the end that's right uh, he he and he has it's like i was on stage with him and it's literally taped off it's not a criticism this is it's like a, i've been on broadway it's a broadway so they're doing a show and they're amazing showmen but they're not doing that. Engage the audience. Uh, you know, hey, uh, Jesse James Dupree. Yeah. Okay, I'll give credit where credit's due. Okay, he's another great frontman. People engaging the audience, reading the room, changing the what's going on. Uh, you know, that's a, that is a frontman, and a frontman could be a terrible singer too. By the way, sure, a frontman's a whole different thing. He's an entertainer on another level. Yeah, no, I, I could not agree more. And that was what drove me crazy. This is the, the then there's another subgenre. That's why the 90s pissed me off. I went from having these great big rock and roll shows that were so entertaining and joyous and these big, ridiculous spectaculars to as much as I loved punk rock, there was a, this thing called alternative. And grunge was like slowed down punk rock, shoe staring, rock goes camping, surly. I could never be happy. And why there was a certain appeal to it, it was the most boring thing in the world to see live. It was absolutely miserable. Oh, my God. I was I was doing radio at that time. I'd go to these concerts, these festivals. I'd be backstage, and I'm always nice. Uh, and you, you know me. I, I'm the same to everybody. Yeah. I'm saying to everybody. But I don't like me. I didn't know who was the band and who was the crew. Yeah. You know, and, and, <laughs> and you know. No, they, they were fake, you know, and, and I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm being cool with everybody, but in my day, and I thought, in my day, when the band walked in, the band walked, the band floated in. Right. You knew the band had arrived. They came to the door, they were larger than life. You're like, okay, the band's here. You know, you knew it was the band. You didn't get confused with catering. <laughs> you go, oh, that's the catering guy. Oh, damn, I thought he was a singer in the band. You know, so, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I, I, I miss that. I grew up on that, that larger-than-life thing. That's what I wanted to do, and I maybe I did it too much. <laughs> really rejected it in the 90s. No, dude, I, I got to see the Misfits, by the way, D, down in Dallas, Halloween night. And oh. I will tell you, they were amazing. Everything I thought it could be. Everything. And, and, and it's not a great band. Their songs are two and a minute, two and a half minutes. They're not amazing musicians, but live, oh, my God, the Misfits, they lived up to the legend. 
I'm so happy for those guys. I mean, to get that recognition they've gotten in recent years at the yes. level they've gotten it, to be one, uh, if only more bands from of that ilk, like Hanoi Rocks, yes, bands yes. that were truly influential on so many bands that never got the record sales, never got the achieve the, the level to see the Misfits, and I know Doyle, and I, yeah. you know, and, and and you know, and it's just, I said, dude, I couldn't be happier to see this because it's so deserved. They've influenced so many of the greats, and to see them in huge venues, it's just, it's amazing. 20,000, and you know, you guys, and the reason I bring it up is because you guys were neighbors, really. I mean, in, in terms of just the location of both bands, you know, from Long Island to Jersey, yeah. you know, and the Misfits, like the brothers, I mean, they're just, they're, they're incredible. And, of course, Glenn is the great curmudgeon of... of of darkness, you know. <laughs> just... I, I would call him the dark lord of all things on the four foot seven. He really is, man. <laughs> he really is. So it's, but it's fun, man. To, to rock and roll is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to make a splash and a noise. And and let me bring this full circle. Now we go way back in a time machine to the PMRC and a twat named Tipper Gore. And you want to talk about the ultimate insider trading? Just because she's banging a senator, now she thinks she has an opinion on rock and roll and censorship. And it's 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 all scam boogery, but it's a real threat to the music industry. Nobody knew how it would play out. You and Frank Zappa and John Denver, in my mind, were the three most influential. And you talk about the most unlikely friendships, but you destroyed those people in in such a way they never saw it coming. You know, I, I, thank you, thank you. And but it wasn't. There was no grand plan. You know, I did a movie called Warning Parental Advisory back in uh, 2000, early 2000s. And it was, you know, it was VH1's take on the story behind it all. But nobody asked us or interviewed us. It was just sort of like how the writer imagined what must have been behind the scenes. And they saw it as the three of us, you know, in a room together, you know, like sort of a war council. And no, we, I didn't even know who was going. I, got, I don't even know who contacted my management office. Would he come and speak? And I was like, hell yeah. And then who else is going? And we found out it was Frank and John. I only met Frank moments before he went out, uh, you know, to speak. And we were back in the back room talking, and we was, and he was saying, what do you think John's going to do? We never got to see John. We were very nervous about John Denver because he, we knew he should be on the side of rock and roll, but he was, he was as – as Amer- he was American as apple pie. He had sure. Christmas specials and movie star, you know, and all this stuff. And we were, we were worried he was going to go out there and, like, flip, you know, t- turns, go on the other side. Right. Oh, no, no, no. His, his, I felt his testimony was more damaging than anybody's because he was so clean cut. And it was so unexpected for him to say, I compare what's going on here with, with music censorship to the Nazi book burnings. Oh, my God. When he said that, you should have seen the senators scurrying. Like, well, you know, Mr. Denver, right. you know, that was not a, because what a what a powerful statement to make. But it was but it was on point. Yeah. And, and ultimately, the greatest thing that happened to so many bands, like I used to walk in the record store and I'd be like, sticker, 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 sticker. I'll take all these and I'll be back for the other sticker albums here pretty soon. Didn't matter what it was. I knew I wanted it. You know what? And people and people that was that was basically it's kind of like how, you know, the bands order from uh from menus when the, right, they think the right company's paying. Yeah. They just look at the number. Yeah, they go, exactly. oh, the $125, please. And bring me the $75 appetizer. But then you find out it's all coming out of your money in the yeah, end. So, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, so it goes. But, but so, like, it uh, became the thing, though, right? Like, I think there were bands that tried to get those stickers because of that, After you know, ultimately. 
what they didn't realize, and this was my concern when I was when I was you know there, is that the sticker would not be used to inform parents. I was a parent at the time. I got that. You know, I got the information's great, but used to segregate the records and keep the product from people. And it was. That's right. There were stores that wouldn't rack stickered records. There were stores that wouldn't carry stickered records. And then in 1997, when I when I did Strangeland and I put out my own soundtrack, I found out that Kmart was it Kmart? No, Kmart and Best Buy. I think it was Kmart. Whatever it was, one of the marts and Best Buy were demanding record companies make edited versions of albums. Yes, and they weren't they weren't labeled as such. So when That's you went right. to buy Kid Rock's first record at a Best Buy, the song "F Off," which was in my movie Strangeland, was removed just removed from the album. So I'm someone re- was saying you can't hear that song. And, 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 you know, and okay, you're trying to protect 12-year-olds, but what about the 20-year-olds who wanted an album? They can't hear the word, the F-bomb yeah. on an album. So someone was making decisions, and that was my fear, and it was misused. It wasn't just about a sticker. It was about, take, it was about keeping art, keeping music from people. Yeah. No, listen, my dad walked in, heard me listening to Wasp, F Like a Beast, which, by the way, was on the filthy... Uh, whatever that was, the filthy fifteen. Filthy fifteen. And uh, and my dad literally looked at me and he goes, "I'm sorry, did that just say I have like a, like he's just talking to me?" And he just reaches over and he snaps the record in half and he goes, "Okay," and he just walks out the door. And I'm like, "I guess I'll hide the next one better." Like, but, but <laughs> well, but that you, was but my that, dad. But yeah, that, but that's parental control, right? That's right. parental control. My son was playing uh, Grand Theft Auto. He was like nine, and he was showing me how he was running over policemen. And I said, "Okay, I just took the game." Yeah, that's <laughs> I it. said, "Yes, you're not playing. You're not ready. You shouldn't be out of this game." My dad's a cop. Yeah, and you're and <laughs> you're his father, and that's your job. But that and that's the way it's supposed to be. When when um, my when my son got um, the, uh, the the Eminem record with Stan on it, yep. I didn't use I didn't take it from him. I used it as a because he was about uh, I don't know he's ten eleven. And I listened, first of all, I listened to it. And by the way, I'm now an M.M. fan. Me too. <laughs> so second, I talked to him about what was on there. That was my job, to discuss Stan, to discuss what he was listening to. And then, you know, say, okay, you know, now you, now you have the knowledge, enjoy this record. But it's not the government's job. No, not and it's also a story. Under the Blade is a story. When you wrote that, oh, like, yeah. you can you can cover scary and and uh, uncomfortable ideas in music. That's kind of the point, right? And 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 still, a kid is aware. A kid knows it's not real. You know what I mean? Like you you should at least make sure your kid understands that these are stories. These are entertainment. Same way when you watch Halloween or J- or, or Friday the Thirteenth or Strange Land, you also know this is not. This is entertainment. This is supposed to be this way. You know, you know, you know what? I, I always, had, I'm always up at arms when they're like, you know, Columbine listen, the killers. They listen to Marilyn Manson. Yeah, you know, who was Jeffrey Dahmer listening to? Right. I would love to go through his record collection. I bet there was Barry Manilow in there, That's and nobody went after Manilow. You know, and who was <laughs> Genghis Khan listening to? Yeah. And who was Hitler listening to? You know, I mean, don't do that. But no, but if it's a, if it's a, if it's a gangster rapper or a heavy metal artist, it's all over the news. It's yeah. all over the news. You know, somehow that was what was wrong with these guys. No, these guys were just a mess and they were effed up. And that is nothing to do with the music they listened to. By the way, whoever illustrated the new He's Not Gonna Take It. So this is coming around the true story of the one man revolution that helped save free speech. That's very real. Uh, it's the same style 
as because I fell in love a few years ago when they would put like FDR riding a, a bear's back with a machine gun with pterodactyls <laughs> flying around. It's this great stuff. And I was like, I saw this and I go, oh, it looks kind of the same. It's I just I can't wait to see this this whole graphic novel, this comic book. Yeah, Z two comics. Uh, um, they they contacted me and they do like. They do rock stars. They did Beethoven. They do historic figures in in graphic novel form, in a comic book form, because people enjoy the format. Yeah. And it also, you know, it gives you a chance to look pretty damn heroic uh, yeah, in, in, in the imagery. But they really got into it, man. Um, they like, look, we, we're not just writing about the story about what happened in Washington, because, A, that's pretty well documented. That we want to know, how did you get there i said well you know they asked me to come he said no 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 why did you speak out how did what happened in your life that made you be that guy who steps up and takes the mic and and has something to say that resonates with people and i said you want that story and we they went back they've got they've got my first memory um, opening my eyes and seeing every the doubting aunts uncles mom and dad all around my crib that's my first memory of seeing that and they just follow and basically i was that kid who was told to shut up right. <laughs> and that's what we figured out they figured it out and they show that my entire life people saying you know what just stay just be quiet just be quiet Dee. just be quiet just be quiet and i got finally at the point saying, i'm not being quiet i'm not shutting up and, and i just went the other way i got manic about just screaming and again once I, my book was called shut up and give me the mic for a reason yeah. you know i mean i was told to shut up too long no it's my turn to talk well, you know so and that's what happened i finally that's how i got there and in a world of, of uh, you know people people will test you especially when you're a young man you're growing up there's bullies there's there's injustice there's people who try to step on you people who try to to uh you know just truly i don't know why they do it but they try to tell you you can't do something and guys like you, and I, and I think I definitely have the same genetic problem. I'm like, it just pisses you off to the point where you're like, no, 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 we're not going to do it this way. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life using that fuel to get to where I want to go. And, and it just, it'll either let burn you up or it'll be the fuel that takes you there. Yeah, the social media people wondering why I get so enraged when you say know your place. Yeah, sure. I've been hearing, I've heard that my <laughs> entire know, freaking man. life. Know I your know. place. You know, you want to take that, that, you want to take the civil service test because I don't think this, you know, art music thing is going to work out for you. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not taking the civil service test. I'm not being a civil servant. I took that test in, in high school. They said I should be a farmer. A farmer? Why am I a farmer? I said, I said I like trees or something. I don't know. But they said I should be a farmer. No, I'm not going to be a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with farming, by the way, people. Not. I'm just saying that that wasn't for me. Uh, you know, and so, yeah, so I've just been, uh, I've been, yeah, I'm like, I do not tell me to know my place. The yeah. last thing you want to say to me. Yeah, well, and, and the, the problem is, and, and, and I'll go all the way back to the Uptown Theater Show, at least in the old days, somebody would try it by giving you the double barrel finger or trying to yell something like, shut your mouth, D, and you'd see D come off the stage and double barrel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a problem with that. I don't know if I was no know your place or shut your mouth. It's kind of my Niagara Falls. Slowly I turned, step <laughs> by step, inch by inch. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, everybody will do it online now. And I'm like, everybody's a tough guy on the computer. But I, I saw with along with Greg, you at the Uptown, and that exact scenario. 
And it was not uncommon. I learned later in life, reading magazines, Circus and Hit Parader and, and Rip and all those ones that covered Twisted, like that you, you were, you know, you, you've been this human being all of your life. This isn't some act. This is you. No, listen, I mean, as you predates you, you, you witnessed like that was a one-on-one. I, I, it's pretty legendary, me calling out 35,000 people at the Reading Pistol, selling line up one at a time. <laughs> and, and, I, and they just started laughing. This is, I won over the crowd. I wasn't trying to, I, but they knew, they said, this yank is out of his mind. He's not kidding. I yeah. said, I don't know, I, as long as it takes, one at a time, we'll let's go. Yeah. And, and everybody just like said, all right, let's, Let's take a minute. And we won over the crowd that day. And I went sides. I did show up at the side stage. And there was just like the hundreds and hundreds of people there waiting to join me in my fight. But uh, at the same time, yeah, I, it, it, it's the point of stupidity sometimes. But, uh, you know, but hey, you know what? And, and also, as the kid who was told to shut up, I would want to be the person who speaks out for all those kids who shut up. Because too many people fell in line. That's right. You know, and nobody should have to fall in line. Everybody should be able to speak up and, and be heard, you know. So, right. uh, so I'm that guy. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not a good joiner. I'm not a good follower. I'm not a good get in line guy. And uh, and you know, we smell our own. And, and it's it's. I tell you, it's it's high time that you're, uh, you know, in the the heavy metal hall of fame. And, and congratulations on your induction, January 26th in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing show. I didn't think you guys were going to do another show, by the way. Well, you know, well, first of all, let me say this, because somebody said early on, in credit to the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, they have actually asked in pre- previous years, but they like people to be able to show up. And I've been doing my, you know, beach thing down in Belize. And I'm like, hey, man, I, you know, I appreciate the, the interest, but uh, yeah, I'm not moving. Because, <laughs> um, you know, we had retired and what have you. But I always said, um, we, I, you know, it's not saying we'll never ever be on a stage together again. Right. I'm not going to tour. We'll be no 90 minute shows. There'll be no two hour sets. I won't sing 25 songs in a row again. But if I always said if if a charity event came up or a special moment came up, I would in a heartbeat get up on stage with those guys again and do a few songs. So when this happened, they said, "Will you guys play?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> and everybody's like, "So they're like, you will?" I said, "Yeah." Nice. My friends, we, we are, we talk, all of us, we, one thing we fixed when we, with the reunion was our friendship and our relationship. We love each other and we, we communicate and talk all the time. And so uh, we're exci- I'm more excited, John, about the rehearsal the day before, because we're doing a few songs at night, but I'm sure at the rehearsal, we're just going to be like pulling out nuggets, you know, tearing loose first album, you know, let's like, let's just pulling out songs that we didn't put on records and stuff and just jamming on club songs we played back in the bars. So I can't wait to see the guys and be in a room, you know, with a microphone and guitars and drums and just having fun. Yeah. Because I mean, that's, that's how it started, right? I mean, out in Long Island. And, and I was trying to explain to some of the guys in the show, I go before when the record companies hated this band, they said, if you bring us this band again, I'll fire you. I don't know if it was you Todd or who it was. But you were selling 10,000, 15,000 in Long Island. Like, you guys would be part of something, and it would sell as much as any band in America. We did an outdoor show in 1979, um, and uh, we, 23,000 people showed up. And thank God Kiss was playing at the Garden because they had half a house. But, oh, my God, we've been out of control. If Kiss wasn't playing, it set, 
siphon off a few people. Right. Uh, so the kids was playing the 7,000 at the Garden, and we were playing the 23,000 at Adventureland on Long Island. That's right. So we, we were a, a regional phenomenon uh, for years. The band was together, you know, as we've done many times. Well, you know, I would say, as everybody knows, no, everybody doesn't know. It was really the band formed in 1973. Okay, I joined in 76. It didn't break the world fat watch. We're not going to take it in 1984. Do the math, people. I know you were told there'd be no math on Johnny Dare's show. 11 years. <laughs> it was 11 years. Yeah. Okay, imagine J.J. French. 11 years. I tell people, if up front, the, 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 the skies parted and God spoke to me and said, D, all your dreams will come true. You will be a rock star. You will be rich. You will be famous. But it's going to take 10 years. I said, thank you, God. I'm going to do something else yeah. Um, yeah. because that's ridiculous. Who's going to uh, 10 years? Come on, man. I'll be a doctor. Uh, so. Yeah, and you were doing – and you guys would do three sets a night. I mean, you would do those back in the day when a band would come in. Before you could do All Twisted, it was also covers mixed in. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's, it's covers, covers. No, it started all covers, and you'd mix in an original, yeah, and you'd have band. to lie about it. Because the, the club scene didn't want to hear original music. So you go, oh, this is a deep cut from an early Deep Purple album. And, you know, <laughs> and then the highest praise could be with a drunk guy coming after, dude, that Deep Purple song? Awesome. You know, like, all right, they like my song, you know. So, uh, yeah, you, 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 you slip in the originals. Meanwhile, playing, you know, Sabbath and Alice Cooper and ACDC. Oh, dude, I, got a, I had a cassette tape and you were doing Mob Rules. Oh God, I love that song. song. I love that song. I love that song. Had given me one somewhere in time in the eighties. We had a cassette tape of a live Twisted Sister show on Long Island. Do you remember that, Greg? It was at Hammerjacks. It was at Hammerjacks. Yeah. And uh, Hammerheads. We were Hammer. Hammerjacks was where Kicks played. Hammerheads. Hammerheads played. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. And and Greg was pissed because I wouldn't give him the tape back because I loved it. That was, you know, it was amazing. And uh, you know, it's it's crazy to me. When I think, you know, will you get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well? You know, or all these, it, it, the place pisses me off. I just went again this year and I just get mad. Oh, I, I have gone off. First of all, I'll, I'll get off. Uh, I'll, I'll, I won't get in. Uh, first of all, I don't think we'll get in, but I won't get in purely for the stuff I've said about that place. Right. I mean, they are such elitist, pompous, condescending, self-righteous a-holes. Uh, and, you know, it starts with a Jan yeah, Warner. Yeah the editor, and you look at the people who are on this list, and they're like all uh, New Yorkers. I'm a New Yorker, okay, so I'm saying it with disdain, but I'm a New Yorker. But they are just these New York elitists, you know, who think they know what, you know, what you know, music is. And even the, even the fan vote that gets in a priest and gets in a kiss, it's such, so dismissive. It is. And they're like, oh, yes, you know, let there be cake. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. we'll give you a fan vote, and we'll put... 300 bands on there for you to choose from. Like, give me a freaking break. Every one of those bands you've got on that list we're voting on, they should be in. Yes. They should be in. Not Madonna. Not right. Madonna. You know, make it, you know, it, you know it, it, they call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's the biggest, the biggest issue. On Long Island, uh, where we're from, there's the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. And Long Island, where we're from, has more, people don't realize has more uh, success, successful bands, but and in that music hall of fame is Barbara Streisand right. and is 
Woody Guthrie and is Twisted Sister and Billy Joel and Boys to Men and Pete and, and, and Public Enemy. But it's the Music Hall of Fame. So you go, okay, yeah. you know, Mariah Carey, that's all music. Don't call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then stick in whatever they're sticking in. Dolly Parton, who herself said, I don't deserve, the, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. I shouldn't be here. I'm not rock and roll. Yeah. And, and her attitude, though, metal as F. I, I, you know, she's, she's, the I, best. I, she's the best. She is, man. She just is. And I thought she was so great for, for calling herself out and going, hey, these guys, come on. And, and then doing songs. It just She's what a shining example of who, who you tr- should try to be. Good God, when I saw her up there with Rob Halford, what a shot. <laughs> Rob Halford and Dolly Porn, that was the best. It's crazy, man. I, uh, and Rob, like you talk about Rob, like you talk about a legend, just a legend. Rob, Rob effing Halford, like every time I've spoken with him, seen him live, I mean, what a life changer, you know, uh, when you go back to British Steel and stuff like that and just, you just think, man, you had to fan vote this guy in? What a bunch of dicks. Hey, I just want to, I just want to point out, Rob, I love, I love Rob. I love Ray yeah. Priest. If you look closely at his latest stage outfit, which was purchased in the West Village of New York, by the way, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, with on that, all those patches he's got on his long denim uh, jacket is a twisted sister patch. Damn. Thank you, Rob Alfred, for the for the respect and appreciation. How great is that? I mean, it's very cool because twisted. You know, we got a lot of recognition, but we didn't. Well, but on certain levels we didn't, and that's you know, and I understand that we, you know, uh, we. I won't want to get into that. We didn't have some of the longevity other bands had, but they get the respect of a. You'll see a picture of Lemmy Kilmister yes. wearing a Twisted Sister T-shirt, right. and he adored our band. To me, you know, I, I, I'm I'm so grateful to get that respect from my heroes. When I see my heroes. Uh, you know, applaud me. Uh, where, I read where there was a, uh, this is like, I was like, are you guys, this was a, you got to be kidding me moment. So I'm at a wedding in Florida of uh, Phil Carson. I don't know if you know Phil, my manager, but he was Atlantic Records. So um, Kid Rock's there, uh, Robert Plant's there, I'm there, uh, I, uh, Ricky Medlock from uh, from yeah. uh, Blackfoot and Leonard Skinner's there. So it's like, because it's a, it's a rock and roll, you know, this, his daughter grew up in rock and roll, she's in rock and roll, so we're up there, I get up on stage and I jam and Plant turns to Rob, Robert Plant turns to my manager, Phil Carson said, you should tell Jimmy about him. I was like, great and that? Phil tells me after I said, are you kidding me? Uh, I said, first of all, are you going to call Jimmy? No, no. I, <laughs> I, I was just, to me, it was like, wow. Isn't that the best? If I had a poster that guy over, I bowed down before this guy. Uh, to Dude, know I, him, hey, that's amazing. To have those words come out of his mouth, please. I remember texting you and going, did you know that, that on the new Motorhead motorized cover album they did, but before Lemmy Pasty, they did a, a deal and they covered uh, Shoot Him Down because he loved that song so much. They played that They played that one on a couple of the last tours. They played it live. It was just, again, that, 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 that honor that you, one of the highest honors you get is for your, the respect of your heroes, yep. you know? So you must feel pretty honored because you got my respect. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true yeah. though. But it is, yeah, I, it is I true, have, man. I have sang your praises as a morning show host for decades now. I would say, you know, who are the best people, best morning because you do every morning show in the country. And I say, you know, oh, there's the top three. And I say Johnny Dare, and they go, who? 
I said, this is a guy in Kansas City, man. I said, he chased Stern out of the town when he tried to come in. You can't beat Johnny Dare in Kansas City. And I said, and this guy should be syndicated. But you know what? He's happy being king of his world. He doesn't need to be. Yeah. He doesn't need to be king of the world. He's a, he loves Kansas City. He loves his home. He loves his people. He loves his friends. And, and he's got his world. What? What? Like I said, you have to be king of every 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 city. Not Johnny Dare, man. He's happy. No, man. That, that's always been it. But but you are to to your point with your heroes. It's always because for me, it's it's it is about music you created. But it's more for me, especially as I move on in life. Guys like Lemmy, of course, I loved Motorhead. But then you, you, if you were lucky enough to meet Lemmy or read more about Lemmy or, or learn more about him, who he was as a human now means so much more. You, as a human, means so much more to me. Like, that's the, that's the thing, that, the respect that gets built. That's the thing that's so much bigger than even the music. Oh, well, Lemmy, people don't know. People don't, don't know uh, Lemmy, who Lemmy Kilmister really was and what he really means to rock and roll and beyond. And, and I'm, I'm going to take the time since we, first of all, that was one of the first things I want to say to you. We haven't talked in too long, man. Okay. So just for, for what it's worth, it's been too long. So I'm glad to catch up. We always have these amazing conversations. And sometimes I forget a conversation we've had. I said, was that on the air? Or was that just <laughs> me, and, me and John talking? I know. You know, I don't, I don't remember. But so we go to his, and stop me if I tell you this, because we have had some conversations. But I don't, but, so we were at his at Lemmy's memorial. Okay. So first of all, we walk in and just a little backstory. The first time I'm hanging out with Lemmy, he comes backstage and, you know, and we're talking and he pulls me aside and he breaks out two lines of Coke. And, and I've heard many, many a person has caved when their heroes have offered them something sure. because they're heroes. Right. And uh, I mean, as Scott Ian told me, he did some drug because his hero offered it to him. And so Lemmy lays the lines, he goes here. And I said, um, Lemmy, I don't get high. And Lemmy looks at me, and I don't know what he's going to say. He goes, all right, more for me. And <laughs> he snorted both lines. And right. that was our relationship. Yeah. We hung out, and Lemmy did all the drugs. And then he goes, this is a great guy to hang out with. I don't have to share. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so when we went to the memorial, we first walk in, and there's just shots of Jack Daniels just lined up on a table. And uh, for everybody in honor of Lemmy, take a shot of Jack Daniels. And my wife says, should we take a shot? And neither of us drink. And she go, I go, no, Lemmy's cool. <laughs> Lemmy yeah, said more for him. Right. So right. then Lemmy, I looked up. I said, this one's for you, bro. You have mine. So um, Tony, well, we're sitting down, and we're watching person after person. And not just stars like Triple H and, 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 and Dave Grohl and, and uh, Slash. And, and not just people like that, but Ozzy. But, but people like Lemmy's Shoemaker. Yes. All right. Lemmy's this family that followed Lemmy around Europe and they were flown in because Lemmy, every time they, any show they came to, they were given VIP everywhere just because they loved Motorhead. And my wife leans over to me. She goes, I think Lemmy was an angel. And I, I, I said, because my wife's very spiritual. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, it says, you know, there are people who say that God sends angels down to walk amongst us to help guide us and lead us and show us the way. And he says, listen to these stories. Lemmy has helped every person here, including you, Dee, at a time where you needed, needed someone, Lemmy was there. 
And I said, so you're telling me God sent down an angel that looks like a biker pirate? And she, <laughs> and she said, she said so. these words, would you have listened to someone in long flowing robes? That's right. And I said, whoa. And, you know, and I'm not that guy like she is, that spiritual guy, but still just hearing those stories, he was that guy. He was more than the music. Indeed. Indeed, man. It, uh, he, he was. And, and I just, if you're listening now, and that's, I would tell you, dig into his, his books, a biography, dig into the music, dig into an article, dig into anything, and listen to what he had to say, because he was a no-nonsense, straightforward. And by the way, you know he loved you more because you didn't, not just do the drugs, but that's where you couldn't have drank that drink. Like, because he, the fact you were your guy and you weren't influenced by anybody else was what I think he valued the most. Yeah, you know what? Um, <laughs> okay, my wife just walked in with, with a pop. She, my, my wife knows her husband. She's, I'm on the phone here. She just walked in. And she had four cups of coffee stacked on, we're at a hotel, stacked on each other. <laughs> walking, it looked like one of those acts on the old Ed Sullivan show where the guy would have the blocks. Yeah, yeah. And he, she, she's got a stack of four cups uh, of coffee. Oh, uh, so, love, uh, love to her, man. Yeah. Listen, hey, listen. I know we were keeping you, man. It's, I, I just, I wanted to make sure we touch base, and and then the next time we catch up, I want to hear about, I want to hear about Africa. I want to hear about Italy. You know what? I want. Uh, thank you. We had some. Oh my God! This is this Sicily motorcycle ride, twelve hundred miles one week, eight Harley Davidsons, and 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 ten friends. Uh, the laughs, the joy. And you know what? We, one thing we we said. You know, we're all bikers, and uh, and I said. Before we always said no politics, right? No, we you know let's go back to the time where people didn't have to speak their freaking mind at the dinner table, right. okay? Where you didn't even know what people thought about that stuff because you just had it was just you had fun, you shared some food, you shared some drinks, and you you just talked and laughed and and you never got you didn't have to go down that path. That's how it used to be. No religion, no sports. No politics at the dinner table. Enjoy your, each other's company. Yeah. So we, 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 we announced that rule before we got there. It will be uh, one of the greatest trips of my life. Uh, I, you know, just the food, the camaraderie, the riding, the, the just the, the sights, the sounds. And it was a, people understand it was a, a Sicily motorcycle tour that, that was postponed twice due to COVID and finally happened this past summer. And, uh, and it was just one of those rides of a lifetime. And you've done, you've been blessed, John, I know you actively pursue these events. So if you want me to hook you up with that, with that, yeah, no, that I, of touring course. company, of course. it's, it's uh, I'll, uh, you know, you, you know, you've got my number, uh, I'll lay that on you, but let me just say something about my band, my band, uh, Twisted Sister, um, to the listeners, you know, people, sometimes there are people out there who, when you say the name Twisted Sister and they, they have view it with reverence, okay? But there are also those out there who are dismissive, you know, oh, one-hit wonder, that dismissiveness. It really depended on, well, when you discovered us, but also it's regional. If you were from the Northeast, tw you know that if Twisted Sister was that band that everybody you had to go to see right. when you were growing up. And the bands that came to see us that will tell you they were inspired by us, it goes from Anthrax to Bon Jovi to Overkill to uh, Carnivore to uh, Public Enemy. Uh, Chuck D said there would be no tr Public Enemy if there was no Twisted Sister. Seeing our band play, Steve Vai and Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, uh, Cinderella, 
Kicks. The list goes on and on and on of these bands that came, watched Hulk Hogan, uh, that came, watched us in the bars and were inspired by us, and then went and then went and formed their bands and and took what they, you know, uh, you know, uh, the Anthrax and Overkill said we played fast because Swiss Sister played fast. Twins is way fast because I'm so caffeinated. I just I kept telling the guys faster, faster, faster. I didn't know I was inventing speed metal. I was just so, you know, they threatened to fire me once for being too caffeinated. Guys with white powder under their noses and going to AA told me I was out if I didn't cut back on the coffee. Okay, so that's a true story. That's true. So so anyway, but if you're from the Northeast, you know that. The, the importance of Twisted Sister. If you're from that West Coast, you found out about us in 1984, and you have a different opinion of it. So, but uh, but we're appreciative of the fact that there are those people out there that sing our praises, like you, Johnny, and and so many others. You know, and and we're grateful that to get the respect from the community that we do get uh, from time to time. Yeah, dude. Listen, you are you're living. You're wearing your legend well, and 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 I mean that with all my heart, man. Like I, I couldn't be happier for you because I, again, without going into a whole nother story, like I've I've followed the whole thing from you know discovering you, you know you can't stop rock and roll, and, and under the blade through reinventing MTV and how you shoot videos to crash and burning in in the late '80s and becoming a courier to back up again with with getting into radio and House of Hair and, and inventing stuff and creating your own future and never stopping and not letting it destroy your family or turn you to drugs or drinking or ever compromise who you were. And, and I'll tell you, that's the bigger picture for me, man. That's it's, it's, it's the, it's the sum of the journey to me that, that makes me an even bigger fan tonight. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, it's just like being respected by people you respect. So um, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I love you. Dude. I will, uh, I will, uh, I'll reach out to you on the 26th and send you congrats. And uh, I'll be thinking of you for sure, man. Yeah, and you know, like uh, you got my number. So if you if you want to get some information on that uh, yes. that motorcycle tour, I can't recommend it enough. It was just amazing. All right. I'll talk okay. to you. Bye. I'll talk to you. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.